1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on another busy weekend in Scottish football Celtic put nine past Dundee United to heap more misery on Jack Ross Rangers see off Ross County with ease But Malky Mackay wasn't happy with the referee And there were big wins for Kilmarnock, Aberdeen Hearts And St Mirren, I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna It's a weekend when football called 999 for emergency Gordon, 9 for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool on Saturday To boom a warning to Rangers of what's coming in the Champions League 9 for Ange Postacoglu Celtic to heap more pressure on Dundee United and Jack Ross And number 9, Lauren Shankland Just about the last Hearts man standing Gets a win Bonus for Andy Halliday I was going to say I thought it was going to be Nine injuries for Hearts I genuinely thought That's where that was heading You are One of the walking wounded You don't seem too bad To be fair um, Busy weekend was it? Very busy weekend But uh, important Obviously the manager Chose to rotate the squad again Which is quite often A, a beneficiary to me <laughs> These days So <laughs> it was good to go on the pitch Obviously a really important win uh, You know everyone Sort of questioned How can Hearts handle These games after the European nights But we've just showed We've got a good squad But Another quiet weekend in Scottish football. Plenty of goals, record breakers, and certainly not shy of some refereeing decisions here or there it as well. It is all there, and we've still got that Champions League draw to look forward to. Uh, Champions League group, I should say, to look forward to, in case you hadn't noticed. So it's 01419511025. Come on, let's hear what's on your mind tonight. Roger Hanna, set the scene with your result of the weekend. The result Did of I the ask? weekend, it's the only one it could be. Dundee United nil, Celtic 9, Celtic's biggest competitive a wee win in 134 years of history and Kyogo said it could have been 10 <laughs> it's quite the thought Andy uh, you're going to need to pick something else but yeah, there, were, there were a few good results uh, yeah. to be fair I will, oh, it's pretty much an unwritten rule to pick the same before I get lambasted exactly. because that I've not picked Celtic but I'm going to go for Kilmarnock I think it was uh, really important for Denny McKinsey's side I've, I've sort of stuck up for them over the last few weeks that I do think they'll turn that corner and you know, it was a first win against a I'm either well side that would be doing really well and as a well deserved three points okay. as well. Okay, good standard as well. Goal of the weekend? Goal of the weekend. There were plenty to be had. I think Yogo second for Celtic at Tanadice. Um At that stage at 1-0, it sounds ridiculous, 1-0 after about 40 or 41 minutes. And he swept that past Carl-Johan Eriksson. A wonderful finish. Put him two-thirds of the way to his hat-trick and finished off in D-United. Andy? Uh, very good goal um, More for the technique And the strike I went for a team goal And uh, Antonio Cholak's second uh, Ryan Kent And Tom Lawrence Some great You know Interchange of play And then that little Nutmeg through ball Into Cholak Great finish You always go team goals I've noticed this uh, Howler of the weekend Roger Who's getting it in the neck Howler of the weekend There were a few Andy touched upon One of them a moment ago Refereeing It has to be Don Robertson um, He maybe didn't get A good view but he's got two linesmen and a fourth official there as well. I think we're all in agreement. James Sands, very lucky lad not to get a red card. Howler of the week, Andy. Craig Gordon, are you going to stick your goal no, in it? No, no chance, no chance. Well, he's got too much goodwill in the, in the <laughs> bank, doesn't he? Rogers actually left the door ajar for me to get involved in this Dundee United Celtic game, so I'm going to go for the howler. It has to be Dundee United with Callum. The producer standing at my right-hand side as well. I've already had my words with him. I mean, 23 goals conceded in four games is just horrific viewing and I mean, of course Celtic were t- uh, terrific, but Dundee United equally poor. 
<laughs> the look on producer Callum's face What a time he's having Honestly As soon as the film uh, And we'll maybe get to him in a second Right Individual performance of the weekend Individual performance of the weekend Well I've already given Celtic the team performance I've already given Kyogo the goal I'm going to have to You could go Kyogo You could go Abada You could almost go right the way through the Celtic team But um, I'm going to go for the manager Because the team have won 9-0 The team have won every domestic game the top of the league and he now has a big big week ahead Ross County up there in the League Cup Rangers coming to Celtic Park on Saturday and Real Madrid coming to Celtic Park next Tuesday night Top performer Andy Roger mentioned a few players there and I was surprised he never mentioned the one that I'm going to go for I'm going to go Matt O'Reilly I thought he was the best player on the pitch Uh, I thought he was involved in literally everything Celtic done and uh, yeah, we're certainly involved in a few goals as well. Ah, so the connoisseur's choice: winner. two hat tricks in there, and you've gone for somebody who is pulling the strings. Team goals, right? team mm, players. Okay. That's it. Did okay. he make? Uh, d- d- how many of the Celtic's nine <laughs> 0 made Gordon DL's team of the yeah, week? A few. Know? A few. We'll maybe get to him a bit later on. Anyway, yeah. oh, one four one nine. There's no maybe about it. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. It seems like an obvious place to start. Tanadice yesterday. Celtic fans. Dundee United fans. What on earth did you make of that? Come on, pick up the phone and let us know Now, I wouldn't usually do this Because I don't like to give him the fame Of actually being on air too often I think, if anything, he's already had a bit too much this season But it would be crazy of us not to uh, Producer Callum, um, are you are you okay? No, <laughs> really I'm not It's been a really difficult few days He I actually was... sounds quite emotional yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like I can hear the voice it, Look, you are you know responsible for these things you, Do you want to swear? or I'd like to but I do like my job. I mean, how bad? How how bad do you feel? Let, let the nation sort of wallow in it. To give you some context, I was at a stag do in Liverpool, and we all know that Amsterdam broke me. So the last thing I needed was another weekend away. <laughs> and I was on a bus home, sitting on the. It was like a wee mini bus. There was an axle at the back, so every stone it hit, I felt every moment of it. And every time that happened, another goal. Went in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I had the phone in Sky go. It got to two 0 and I thought I'll just turn it off. I'll it'll be three or four. That's fine. And I got text updates from everyone. And I'd actually like to thank everyone who tweeted as well to ask if I'm all right. And the answer is no, absolutely not. Right. Get yourself up the road. I think okay. producers Michael and Ross can handle this. You need an, another night off. Well done, Cal. It's, no, it's no easy to stand in front of the, the camera after a 9 0 drubbing. So oh, you've done that. He does genuinely well look broken the way. Not yeah, like, no, not, he does. Not he like does. for dramatic effect. He looks shell shocked. And I'm all for it. Uh, Owen, I, think, I think that's more to do with the weekend than it is the 9 0. Yeah, well, possibly. 01419511025 in the phones at Clyde SSB and Twitter. Ross is a Celtic fan. How good was it, Ross? What did you make of it? Yeah, hi, guys. Hope you're all well. And I hope Callum's all right as well. Hope he's, he's not. not nah, he's absolutely not. But don't worry about him. Um, no, honestly, I, I was really, really impressed yesterday. I did not expect 9 0, but I did expect Celtic to get goals. And I generally believe that after watching the game yesterday, it's no fluke. I think in the last five games, Celtic have shown signs that this is what we're capable. And I think when you look at the goals that we've scored, 21 scored, one conceded, It's I think this is signs of things that are going to come this year for Manchester. I really do think Hans has got his playing football. And he's right what he said last year, the end of last season, he says it will come back stronger and better. And we certainly have. Yeah, but that was always going to be the, the challenge, Roger, is to you know to go again to try and, and take that step forward. Are, are there signs there that Celtic have done that? Do you feel, or, or is it too early? Yeah, um, we said in the show, Ross, we're describing this game on Saturday as the Mark Wilson derby, Dundee United against Celtic, and and we were just saying 
you know, Mark was away watching. What was he watching? A medieval show yeah, with like horsemen jousting. And I, I said, the United could come out on horseback in Sunday lunchtime with jousting poles, and they wouldn't lay a finger on Celtic. And that was the way it turned out. Now, Dundee United were beyond poor. It was probably the worst performance I can remember from a top-flight Scottish team. But you can only beat what's in mm. front of you, and Celtic were merciless in the way they put Dundee United to the sword. Um, it could have been 10, could have been double figures, Kyogo's correct. And I think they probably have cranked up a little bit from where they were at the end of last season In their favour So far this season It's just been weekend to weekend to weekend Gordon So they've had plenty of time in the training ground Which Ange likes He likes to prepare his teams properly And my goodness he's been preparing them properly The big test now is When the games come thick and fast yeah. Can they maintain those levels? I mean Andy We've seen lots of occasions in the past Because look there's a gulf there Everyone knows mm-hmm. it There's a huge gulf there So we've seen loads of times When Celtic and Rangers are bang at it and opposition are miles off it yeah. But it very rarely gets to nine That's the point, it's the records that, that Roger's talking about So what does it take for, for that to happen And what did you make of the way the way that it took place yesterday? I, I mean the crazy thing is though Gordon I watched uh, quite a lot of the game and, and, and it got to about the sort of 30, 35th minute And I feel as if Dundee United sort of Ridden a period of storm And I thought that There's actually a game here I think Dundee United are in a game And then One goes in after the 48th minute And after that Celtic scored 8 goals In 50 minutes I mean that's that That's next level And it culminates with both Celtic When they play at that high tempo High paced Football that Ange Postecoglou's side Are renowned for When they're at, uh, they're at their best They're going to be very very mm. difficult For anyone to stop But and it's not to take anything away from Celtic It certainly looked as if it got to a point Where Dundee United chucked the towel in I mean Celtic scored 7 goals within 10 yards They've effectively walked it Into Dundee mm. United's 6 yard box But that being said Some of Celtic's play was exceptional Ross there's often a, a thing that happens Where a team gets whatever it is Even if it's 3 or 4 or 5 up Then they make a couple of substitutions And although you think it's heading for an 8 Or a 9 or a 10 It just never does It always seems to sort of Die out a little bit and, and the tempo goes and, and the game just peters out Why do you think that doesn't happen Or didn't happen yesterday? Um, again I, I totally agree with you I think when it gets to a stage When it goes to five Say six And then Ange changes it Seems to be the tempo drops But I just feel like yesterday Celtic were Basically just Setting a standard I, I, I was expected to come And I get all I do respect Dundee United I bought in the league So it's, it's hard to kind of up against when you're playing Aberdeen or Hibs or Hearts but I just feel that Celtic are, are just basically trying to set a marker for what, what they want to achieve this year um, and it was just to see as well I've got another point about, about Saturday's game that the guys think that Rangers will pose any challenge at all on Saturday or the Celtic extremely firm favourites to just go and get the three points be interested if either of you sit here on Monday night and say no Rangers will not pose any challenge whatsoever that would be quite the start to the week but that's what Ross's question is yeah listen they'll pose far more of a challenge than Dundee United did um, last game at Celtic Park at the tail end of last season they come back from a goal behind to get a draw in the game might have snatched it at the end if you remember um, the are used to playing fixtures like this you know you think some of the big European fixtures away from home I'll give you last Wednesday night in Eindhoven So they are Course and distance in fixtures like this I'm certainly not going to say they're going to Celtic Park To win the game when you see the way Celtic played yesterday But it will be a fascinating contest 
Yeah, I think Rangers will certainly pose a challenge, but I don't think there's any doubt mm. that, that Celtic are favourites going into the, uh, the fixture. I think Celtic have been almost, well, they've certainly been perfect in terms of points so far uh, in the league campaign, but almost in their performances, they've been, they've, uh, they've been excellent. I mean, that's five games with a plus 20 goal difference, yeah. as, as some going. Roger Hanna was getting the headline ready. Andy Halliday says Rangers have got no chance. No, that, no, that would have been, would have been quite something. No, I'm saying it would have been quite something. Um, Ross, I don't know if it's as simple as this because of the number of goals, and then yes, you have to factor in Dundee United and how, how poor they were. But d- does that rank as like you know being the best domestic performance you've seen ever in a while, or do you not think about it in those terms? No, I, I think I think I was trying to actually look back yesterday. I think I think it's only once Celtic against Aberdeen. I think at Celtic Park was the last one. I remember the one nine nil. Yeah. I don't think they come around that often, but as I say, I, I don't look at it in that way. I, I look at it in the performance way. As I say, even if we went six nil and we played and, and we played the way we played yesterday, I, I don't really care about if it's six or nine. But obviously, goals matter and come also the goal difference. But from a Celtic fans' point of view, I think the performance was probably the best that I've seen in a long in a long time. I think Celtic were at it, and as I say, long may it continue. But Saturday, I think will be a, a harder challenge. But I do expect Celtic to go go again and get the three points. I think uh, apart from Dundee United and probably Rangers fans, Roger, there's that sort of twisted part to a lot of people that once it gets to nine, you, you kind of want to see ten because you, you should never get the double figures. Does do you add more significance to this given that it was away from home? I mean, on in theory, that should be harder to do. Ross mentions the, the game against Aberdeen, the nine that was at Celtic Park. Yeah, um, it's, it's funny. Some of the bigger ones from Celtic in recent years have been away from home. I remember them scoring an eight at Dunfermline. Neil Lennon was among the scorers, one of his first goals. I remember, cover your ears now, Gordon. I remember them scoring seven one Sunday night at Fur Park. Nah, I've forgotten all about that. Uh, there might have been a Henrik Larson yeah, hat trick in, the in there. And a six at Aberdeen and a five at Aberdeen. So some of the bigger ones actually have been away Johnny from Dyla's home. Johnny Dyla's side doing eight one against uh, Hamilton Ackies or they something. Did. They did, yep. Uh, anyway, right, thank you very much to Ross on the line. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's bring in Tom and Renfrew. What's your point tonight, Tom? Hi, good afternoon. Well, good evening, to panel. Hello. Uh, yesterday's uh, game, uh, Celtic and the Day United. Uh, I've all I've great respect for Celtic. I'm a Rangers supporter. Uh, the way they're playing, at McDevitt at the moment. But what are these young lads going to think about Dundee United? The way the way they were they were beaten. To uh, myself, four five no, yeah, great. But why carry on to nine? You know. So, sorry, you mean so Celtic should have like deliberately stopped scoring? Well, I wouldn't say stop scoring, but let Dundee United play. Well, Why? Why? Well, it's a game of football, is it not? Oh, exactly. Maybe that's. I'm not sure that answer means what what you think it means. Is that not the idea? You would just keep playing as you always would, regardless of what the score is. Yes, but at the same time, what? Why? Why score the nine goals and let and humiliate these young lads? You know. That's a good question, Roger. Well, it's an interesting question. You know, some managers have little phrases that are sort of. Careers are built round. I remember Stephen Gerrard in his first day at Rangers saying, "Let's go," and that stayed with him all around his time. And Ange's phrase is, "Aston Villa fans are not really feeling well, that one at the moment." Well, but anyway, indeed, but Ange Postecoglou's phrase is, "We never stop." And yesterday was the footballing personification, if you like, of that phrase. 
they didn't stop and when it got to five or six or seven he sent on four substitutes and they didn't stop and when Callum McGregor flashed that shot in deep into the added time I actually thought it was mm. going to be ten and they didn't stop the reason they didn't stop is who knows come were they, next May were they wrong to not stop I think uh, that's what Tom's no, trying to no, listen come next May as the first caller Ross said this may come down to goal difference this, this title you know, it, it sounds ludicrous at the end of August, yeah. but we might be sitting here in May saying, well, if Celtic had only scored six, you know, they wouldn't have won the league. So that's why they keep pushing. I mean, Tom, is that not the obvious problem with this? In a hypothetical world, your Rangers team pips Celtic to the title by a goal on goal difference, and Ange Postacoglu is supposed to say, oh, well, at least we didn't humiliate those poor Dundee United players. Gordon, this isn't so great. It's not so great. So Marines are supporter, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday uh, I think it'll be a good game between the two of them uh, We'll see what happens uh, But Those young lads in Dundee United And the manager he's, he's trying to build up that team again And for that to happen to them yesterday And and the European game as well they, they don't need that So Alkmaar should maybe have taken the foot off the gas as well Andy Well uh, there's always a question when these sort of Big defeats happen that is it mentally scarred the team. But I looked at Dundee United's team, uh, this is post Altmar, that uh, they, they certainly had enough experience within their squad that I thought that they could overcome it and uh, and get back to playing football and getting results again. But I mean, they, they, they've, they've really str- uh, struggled. I touched on it earlier 23 goals they've conceded in four games. But actually, that can't affect Celtic. I think, um, you know, like, like Roger quite rightly pointed out, Celtic are at their best when. They do play at that high tempo and, uh, and they obviously don't stop and they keep going, they keep going. They've they, they done that at the weekend. But I'll, I'm almost look at sort of Jack Ross and say, I don't know about you, Roger, but if my team's 6-0 down it gets to the six minutes, if I'm making three substitutes, it's certainly to avoid any more humiliation. After 60 minutes, Jack Ross chose to to bring on Nicky Clark, Jamie McGrath and Craig Sibble. That's three attacking substitutes. So it was almost as if you know Jack Ross wanted to then push on and attack and, and, and try and get another goal and I'll, I'll get back into the game but Celtic just continued to dominate you, you, and do what you, they've done You use a phrase, I'm glad you used it and I didn't because I would get criticised, you're a player, you can say it Dundee United stopped n- near the end If you're in that dressing room at the end what annoys you most is it the fact that at the ninth goal Carl Starfeld had a free run, a free header and nobody moved is it the fact that despite I'm not advocating a let's kick Richarlison up in the air here, mm-hmm. but the United had one booking and, and they hardly get near a Celtic player? What what would irritate you most? I think there's obviously got, listen Celtic were, were fantastic, but I think pride and and sort of self awareness comes into play where it's just when it gets to four or five, whatever it gets to, where right we don't concede any more goals. Get in, get compact, get nice and tight. Mark your runners, which is probably one of the biggest ones for that game at the weekend, and don't concede any more goals. But like I said, Celtic then just continued to be able to walk it into Dundee United's box, cut it across goal, have a tap in, there was no left back. Mm. So for me, I'm looking at the more experienced players, like the, obviously the captain who was, was Edwards yeah. and, and Stephen Fletcher, and sort of get round about the young boys, even sort of get them in, because it is a young squad, Dundee United squad, and just get them a bit more solid and compact for the last 20 minutes, but it just seemed as if they were so expansive for the rest of the game. And just before we let Tom go, should Celtic have taken their foot off the gas? No, quite. Uh, Roger quite rightly pointed out, this could come down to goal difference, you never know. Sorry Tom, to disappoint you, will agree to disagree, 01419511025, good time to call though, you could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here It's 01419511025 to join in And of course you can tweet at Clyde SSB The last caller before the break wasn't happy with Celtic Thinks they should have taken the foot off the gas Out of respect for those poor Dundee United players Ange Postacoglu if anything Sort of sensed a vulnerability because of Dundee United run And uh, saw his team go for it Yeah credit to the players um, you know, I thought you know, really focused and disciplined today And we, we, we knew obviously Dundee United are going through a tough time and, and you know potentially vulnerable if we started the game really strongly and and played our football and um, I thought we did that you know there was a patch in the first half we got to be sloppy with our passing but you know, we rectified that pretty quickly and then you know, the key after that was just to stay really focused and disciplined keep playing our football don't you know, don't let the scoreline or the circumstances you know, take us away from that and I thought the boys did well to do that. It's a team we want to be. It's not just about the football we want to play. It's about the intent, and you know we don't want to be sort of led by the scoreboard, you know, or, or whatever the circumstance of the game are. We just, to respect if it's the first or last minute, or we're winning or we're down. We, we want to play at a certain tempo, intensity, <coughs> work hard, and and make sure that everyone's contributing. And um, as I said today, you know, it would have been very easy to get away from that. But you know, for us, it's not just about winning a game of football. It's also about you know, setting our own standards within that. Let's speak to Tracy, who's a Celtic fan in Neilston. What did you make of it yesterday, Tracy? Uh, yeah, it was after about Ross, your first caller had said, you'd ask the question, what were you most impressed with? Mm-hmm. The amount of goals they scored or how they played? And I would actually say that means nothing come next week. It's a very different opponent that we've got um, next Saturday. What I would say was the fitness levels. That's what I was impressed with. The speed that Jota has, everyone talks about Meda, but I think, and I think Andy Halliday said that, you know, O'Reilly was his man of the match or the, the player of the weekend. For me, it was Jota. He seemed to be everywhere. Some of his wee passes and dinks, it's that sort of speed that I think will win the game next Saturday. Not nine goals and not the way they played against a very, very poor Dundee United side. I think it's more about what they've got in the tank already. We're talking about the beginning of the season. But like you said yourself, Ange loves nothing better than no games during the week. And I know that's going to change in the next few weeks and months. But he's been able to do that. He's at that training ground every day with him. And it shows. Um, And it's just to see what you guys think about that. You've probably saw more of Rangers than I will have this season so far. Are Rangers level of fitness anywhere near Celtics at the moment well I'll just start off with the, the last point Tracy obviously Rangers took a lot of credit for their fitness levels last year uh, in terms of the amount of games they played obviously going to extra time on a few occasions um, but obviously it's a different season who knows uh, but Celtic you, you quite rightly pointed out their fitness levels to keep going to the end and Jota as well it's another obviously really impressive performance for him and you know Ange Postecoglou said something really interesting after the game that no, he, he thought their general play was really good, but our defensive work, especially in the front half, was really good. So he's all, Celtic scored nine goals without reply, and he's already complimenting how they press from the front, and 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 sort of having that down to a big reason why they managed to score the amount of goals they did because it was just constant pressure, sustained attacks, and it made it very very difficult for Dundee United to uh, to deal with it. And I've always said that when Celtic are at their best, they do play at a tempo that is is very hard to. Uh, to combat as a as a domestic side It's interesting though Roger Because there was this assumption Amongst certain people last season That, that Celtic 
you know, there was that intensity that was going to blow Rangers away, particularly because Rangers had all these, um, you know, long shifts in Europe, and then that didn't turn out to be the case. So, yeah. we're learning lessons from that going into this one. Tracy's still hopeful that that will be the case. We, we really don't know because Rangers have had four more week games that Celtic haven't had. Celtic have just gone weekend to weekend to weekend, as we say. They look very slick, but. You know, towards the end of last season, when Rangers were had a much heavier schedule than Celtic, they went to Celtic Park and finished the game scoring an equaliser. Might well have scored a winner at the end, and they did finish stronger. So sometimes, what we believe will happen, our eyes tell us something different when we actually see it. Um, Rangers will compete far better than Dundee United did at the weekend, but they'll need to compete well because Celtic were quite awesome yesterday. And it's fascinating to listen to Ange Postecoglou afterwards because he didn't really revel in the fact that Celtic had scored an historic nine goals. It was the manner in which the goals were scored. Mm. And I mentioned Callum McGregor's shot that fizzed past near the end. And there was one by Greg Taylor, I think, that was blocked a moment or two before. And I got the impression Ange doesn't like that sort of thing. You know, that, that kind of random shooting from distance. He wants the ball to be... Recycled, turned over, keep the ball, keep passing the ball, keep moving, and get yourself into a position where you can effectively walk the ball in, as they did on several occasions yesterday. Tracy, I'm not going to go as far as to to talk about you know is this the best Celtic team? Because I think that's so tough because the standard of the league can change. We've not yet seen what they can do in Europe or the cups. I'm just talking about the the sort of attacking domestic football. Is is this has it been better than this before for you, or is this? A contender How do you feel about it? I think um, After I've seen what Celtic Rangers Have been like year on year And I think the gap's getting bigger And I know Aberdeen and Hearts Look as if they're having a good start to the season However I think It may be time That you start talking about Celtic Rangers being in another league again And I know that opens a whole other can of worms But do you really want to see Teams like Dundee United A once very strong team Being beaten Nine goals at home um, Roger, you mentioned earlier on about you know, and saying you don't take your foot off the pedal because it could come down to goal difference come next May. Um, I digress slightly. My three girls all play netball, and it gets to a point if the, the score is over twenty goals, you've got to play. It's called fair play, so you you mix up your team. So who's normally a defender becomes an attacker. That's for fifteen-year-olds. We're talking about professional footballers here. They can't take their foot off the pedal. They need to see this to the end of the season and it could come down to goal difference but very quickly can I just mention Kenny Miller's um, assessment yes, last night on the sports scene at the highlights oh Jesus bad it. enough getting stick for what he says on here never mind what he says elsewhere Tracy but go on Yogo how he plays the offside rule um, and I think the words used were I don't know if it's luck now, I think that's a wee bit disrespectful to a, a professional footballer I think the guy's Managing to to hone his craft and use the offside rule. There was a few rival football fans that I was reading comments on Twitter and Facebook last night, and a few of them were saying, "Oh, you know, I know it's a rule, but I don't agree with that rule." The way <laughs> I know. Yeah, Roger, it's quite. It's been quite an interesting one. This because like teams have done that for a while, as far as I can gather. But obviously, the spotlight went on it yesterday. Yeah, listen, I learned my lesson, Tracy, on this about twenty five years ago. I wrote. In a previous newspaper that I worked with There was a Celtic game And Henrik Larson You remember all the goals that Henrik scored for Celtic And he was the master of Hanging in the shoulder of the last defender Busting through and scoring the goal 
And I used a phrase, and he scored a goal, and I, I think I used the phrase, burst forward from the brink of offside. And a guy wrote into me, into the newspaper, and said, the brink of offside is onside. And that was, that, <laughs> that, right that, that was all the letter said, Tracy. And I thought, you know something, you're absolutely bang on the <laughs> money. It wasn't Hugh Evans, was it? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. So if you can do it with the rate, rate of success that Henry Larson did, and with the rate of success that Kyogo's doing it, That's a skill in itself Because He was onside You know It it doesn't matter if Kenny Miller or anyone else thinks He's flirting about with being offside He was onside So it's a a great skill It's quite something Andy Strike is something that They You know Will be working on And and paying particular focus I've heard his English is is getting a lot better I would love for somebody to ask him that Because it is really intelligent If that's uh, Obviously what he's intending Because I know if, if, if that's My striker and the other team's attacking He's not getting back Goal side of the defenders I'm shouting at him mm. Yeah You're lazy so and so Get back in, uh, into play But next thing you know Two goals hey, Two passes Sorry He's at the edge of the six yard box For a tap in So I mean listen It's very very intelligent Striker play if, uh, if it's intended I mean could it be then That the, the instruction is That you know It never goes to him It's never the central one it, The onus is then on a, well, You know Abada and Jota To be in on side yeah. positions Yeah definitely And, and it, it's I just feel as if Celtic have got so many strings to their ball right now. It's like they're very solid defensively, not conceding a lot of goals. I mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago how their, their, their set piece record defensively and defensively mm-hmm. has improved massively. We all know how good they are going forward, whether that's counter attacking goals or, or, or field of play. So they've been excellent. Thank you, Tracy. One thing we've not even got round to yet is what this means for Dundee United and Jack Ross. So, any Dundee United fans out there, please do get in touch. Celtic went back top. Rangers had occupied that for uh, a day after beating. Ross County at Ibrox So let's get a take from the Rangers perspective From Derek who's on the line Take it away Derek Good evening lads, how are you doing? All good, all good, are you well? I'm well for Monday, thanks aye Exactly It's a tough day to get through Derek But a busy weekend on the football front What did you make of it? I thought we were excellent on Saturday Really good on Saturday Uh, Played with good good pace right through the game uh, made a couple of subs at the right time and just I seen the game out and quite enjoyable to watch actually it was good Andy was it less stuffy and fussy than these games can be you know mm-hmm. I feel like I've just been here on a lot of Saturdays where Rangers fans phone in at 5 o'clock and say oh, do you know what we won and it was fine but why did we need two defensive midfielders and we should go more to try and break teams down and so on I take it this wasn't one of those occasions I think a big question mark over Rangers domestically over the last sort of uh, wee while has been they quite often come very slow out the gates and then when you're playing against teams that are very compact hard to break down you know the longer the game goes on the frustration starts and and it all becomes that little bit stuffy as you call it I thought that's the best I've seen Rangers play domestically for a long time because they, they came flying out the gates and I coincide that with Ryan Kent being back on top form and Scott Wright I thought the two of them were excellent and uh, made it very, very difficult for Ross County to deal with. That being said, obviously, no, no, Don Robertson's decision could have changed the game. But in terms of their general play, Rangers were really good at the weekend. Right, well, well, listen, in, in an ordinary weekend, a 4 0 home win for Rangers, and people would be talking in glowing terms about how well they're playing. Um, it's nothing to do with Rangers that Celtic then go to Tannadice and score nine. Um, and I don't necessarily, you know, bear in mind, they're both games to play in midweek. I'm not so sure. That the nine will have any more bearing on Saturday's old firm game than if Celtic had scored three or four or five. You know, Liverpool scored nine at the weekend. Man City scored four at the weekend. If Liverpool were playing Man City at the week, this weekend coming, 
you know, not everybody will be writing off Man City's chances. So I think it would be foolish to write off Rangers' chances. Mm. A brand new game, and as Andy said, you know, Rangers didn't have a bad week. They went to Eindhoven and won to get into the Champions League groups. And then they took four off Ross County on Saturday. Uh, Derek, it's a new week. Who knows what this week will hold for Alfredo Morelos. But in the meantime, Antonio Cholak's doing just fine in front of goal, is he not? Nah, he's doing the business. He's playing really well. Nah, he's, uh, he's a predator in the box at the right, 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 right place at the right time. Every, every game he's played. Andy, is he making a real impression on you now? Yeah, definitely. I think not not just the goals. I think his uh, his overall impact and in, in play. I think over at Eindhoven, I thought he was excellent running the channels, Harry and PSV's back four, and, and just becoming a real nuisance. And for me, you know, I, I've always said that I think Alfredo Morelos Rangers have almost been too reliant on Alfredo Morelos over the last sort of three or four seasons. But I mean, if Alfredo Morelos gets back to full fitness, I, I don't see him getting the jersey. And uh, if if Antonio Cholak continues the form that he's in just now. And uh, again, it was two fantastic finishes at the weekend. The first one, mm-hmm. especially, it's, it's certainly not an easy finish. One, one of the deciding factors at the weekend, Gordon, will be if Celtic pick the same team they played, they picked yesterday, and you would expect them to do so. You know what you're going to get from that Celtic team in this game because they've all played in it yeah. before. What you don't know is what Rangers will get. How Cholak, how Malik Tillman, how Tom Lawrence will all settle into that fixture for the first time at Celtic Park mm-hmm. because. The first time you take in an old firm game, whether you're playing, whether you're in the press box, whether you're behind the goal, it does take mm. your breath away to a certain extent. You can freeze and or you can be Rio Hatati who you know, showed no signs of it 100%. last 100%. So it's maybe the game that can take Cholak to an even higher level of performance. Yeah. Uh, Andy, not something that I think we need to labour tonight because it's, it's sort of some of it's been done, but I'm conscious of the fact you weren't on last week. This is supposed to be the week that the Rangers manager will sit down with Alfredo Morelos again. It's a player you know. It, it was a former colleague of yours. What have you made of that, and how do you think it, it plays out this week? Yeah, I mean, in terms of his uh, his red card at Easter Road, it was obviously extremely disappointing. His disciplinary record was obviously extremely poor for a couple of seasons, but it seems if he's in the back of that, he's seen a lot more of a, a mature Alfredo Morelos. He really took on that mantle of being more experienced, more mature, and, uh, and his performances reflected that, but the sign of petulance that showed that Easter Road certainly let the team down let the manager down and then what's coincided with that over the last week is obviously Giovanni Van Bronckhorst you know, questioning his professionalism in terms of his fitness and his, his his weight and whatnot. but I don't think there's any doubt that you know, Rangers will certainly want to you know, keep him for, uh, at, the, at the football club for the for the immediate future and you, you certainly don't want to see someone like him leaving the club in a, in a free next, uh, next summer Right, thank you Derek it's a good time to call we will get some travel news and we could be speaking to you next we're going to hear from some of the managers we've already heard from Ange Postacoglu we'll do Giovanni Van Bronckhurst Malky Mackay wasn't happy with the referee Ibrox we'll get his thoughts as well 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hannes here Andy Halliday is alongside him as well After playing for Hearts in a victory Against St Johnson yesterday I'm sure we'll get his thoughts on that uh, As the show progresses You can phone and you can tweet Which is exactly what Danny McKinley's done He says can you ask Andy What Kyogo said to him when he was down injured That had him laughing Oh, last, last week I don't, was your I don't understand Japanese So I couldn't tell laughed. you But he offered a hand to, to sort of help me up Which was nice of him I, I don't usually polite. get that Sort of treatment At Celtic Park That's for sure So that's what made you laugh You yeah, thought this yeah, is I thought this, this isn't right yeah, I, don't, I don't think he knows me I thought the manager Was very harsh on you After the game Andy 
What manager? Your manager. Oh, he was asked yeah, whether you right. were fit or not, and he says, ah, oh, he just likes a wee bit of applause going off the park. <laughs> did he? I don't think I get my applause there, so I don't know where he got that one from. He did then single you out for a bit of praise, I thought. I was glad you weren't on last week, that we didn't have to talk about that. Um, but that shows that you are, you see, you're more polite and kind than people think, so you've no idea what Kyogo said, but you thought you would just give him a wee smile and a laugh anyway. Oh, he seems like and a nice guy, eh? Very good, right. 01419511025 on the line. Let's hear from uh, Giovanni van Bronckhurst in terms of what he made. Uh, of the game he thinks they reached a really high level he thinks they're balancing domestic and European football well and of course we had a great result on, on Wednesday we were on a high and, and of course very positive because we're, we're going to play Champions League but uh, you know we had to switch now back to domestic league and uh, it's all about the start you know it's keeping the same standards you want uh, and the same way of playing every, every, every game and the games are uh, coming fast and, but uh, you know, when you start games like this, you you will never drop your your levels of intensity in passing in movement. And uh, I think we we reached a really high level today. And uh, so I'm really pleased with the performance. Of course, pleased with the with the clean sheet. And I think the goals we scored were from a really high level with the movements and the, and the crosses we we put in. So I'm very pleased there. Yeah. Andy's a Rangers fan on the line. What's your take on the weekend's action, Andy? Uh, I've got a couple of points. Uh, one to Andy as well, Andy Halliday. Um, Celtic, I, I wouldn't get too overly excited at uh, the result Celtic got yesterday. Uh, my local club team, Kurt, uh, no question beat Dundee United. Dundee United, no, no question. <laughs> no question, most of them. Absolutely, absolutely shocking. What, just what pub is that, just for future reference? Uh, uh, well. Station Bar in Alexandria. Right, okay. right, okay. Okay. Any good. forwards, Andy, will take you out. <laughs> um, so, and, and they also get beat half a bang average European team uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, Dundee United Who to did? me are going down. Oh, Dundee United. Dundee United, aye, yeah, aye. Um, the main point I want to make with Andy is um, what, what I'm saying is Celtic have not really played anybody of note in the league yet, right? Mm-hmm. Apart from Hearts, right? Aye, that's, Hearts, that's why I was laughing. But Hearts went in there with a defeatist attitude. Now, I know what Andy's going to say, they're utilising the squad and things like that because of the big European game. But they dropped players at the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, even at this early stage, any points in the league is, is important. And they dropped a lot of the top players um, to go to Celtic Park. And there was only going to be one outcome there. Um, so I think Hearts went in there with the wrong attitude. Andy? I mean, obviously, I disagree. Uh, I, I could sort of come back and say did we go in with the wrong attitude against St Johnson because we rotated the squad again and obviously got the victory I love the tone here though it's like Andy don't you think your team were defeatist by playing diddies like you <laughs> that's essentially what, very nice, that, that's Andy. essentially what you're saying is it not Andy and Alexandra well no, I, I mean Andy Alley's a good player I don't want to down I don't want to down a fellow Rangers man right but he um, plays for Hearts and who right I mean you're Nick Craig Gordon Nick Shanklin uh, I can't remember There was a couple other ones as well But they came on Near the second, near the middle of the second half And, and you could see the improvement in the team um, Which basically tells you that Hearts are no strong enough uh, Or not got enough depth there but, To, to um, be fair though Andy Like Craig Gordon was, was, a, was a tightness in his back Stephen Kingsley was an injury And then he obviously missed the game at the weekend again From the same injury Craig Halkett was an injury A lot of them were in forced changes I think the only two that were Sort of rotational purposes was Shanklin and Mackay And you're right they did come on and it made an impact in the game, but as it has, we have 26 games from the start of the season to the World Cup. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of games in such a short period of time. And 
obviously the the fixtures meant that it was Celtic that landed on the the game three days prior to one of the biggest games that the football club's had in over a decade. So it didn't really matter who the opponent was going into that game. There was always going to be sort of rotation. There. So Andy, the gist of your point is you don't think Celtic have faced a big challenge yet, and they will get one this weekend. So they shouldn't get carried away. Yeah. We shouldn't get carried away And that goes on to my next point Andy just said about One of the biggest games of the season We're going into An old firm game And then a Champions League game Rangers I'm talking about here At the weekend um, Rangers I think Are better equipped I know some people will say These big high tennis Games that make Has got everything online To begin with Before even the season kicks off um, The Champions League qualifiers I'm talking about But We get good results And we come through them And we're in the Champions League now And a lot of people wrote us off don't get me wrong, a lot of people wrote us off. I was a bit nervous about the second one, be it PSV, but they played they played the European style game and, and I think Rangers are going to go into this game a better equipped than Celtic. Right? Now Celtic to me I think will be caught cold. I think I don't I'm not sure but I, I, I mean old firms are coming gory, you can they go both ways, but I really think with taking my blue tinted specs off, I think Rangers it's not gonna be a big score line, it's not gonna be a I'm walling or anything like that But I think Rangers will come away with a victory On Saturday um, Just try to see what you think I mean Roger yeah, Like it's early It's Monday We can do match predictions If, if you so wish But um, and uh, To revisit Andy's general feeling Is that Celtic haven't faced a test Yet But You know Is that You'd see the point You know If they had gone and won Maybe even 4-0 At Dundee United I mean it was 9 yesterday It is still a pretty ex- Exceptional Scoreline Based on the simple fact We don't see it very often Regardless of who's in form And who's yeah, out of form but, And who rests who Listen They were hugely impressive yesterday Of course they were But I think everyone's agreed Saturday will be Very much a different game I think everyone's agreed The gap Between the big two And the rest is widening And what that means Gordon Is that More than ever before There's a huge onus To get points When the two of them meet They're only going to meet Four times in the league So these four games could well decide which side wins the championship. That's how important. I know it's very early in the season. I know it's only going to be the first weekend in September. This is going to be one of the most important games of football played in Scotland this season. Who are Station Bar playing this weekend? A... Yeah, you checked the fixtures. No. Andy's away, otherwise I would ask him. Um, Hopefully Dundee United. Yeah, well, watch. Get, a good, get a good test this that, time. That, that would finish off Jack Ross. Um, <laughs> let's hear from Malky Mackay after that game at Ibrox. Not happy at all that the referee did not send off James Sands. He was on a booking. The Ross County manager felt uh, that either he should have been given a second yellow or, or perhaps a straight red card by referee Don Robertson. Sands pulls down Jordy with, with two arms on his waist, who's already been booked. Um, and it's inexplicable how it's not a, a sending off a straight red, never mind a booking, which would take him off as well. Rangers take him off at half-time, so it's quite clear what they think about it. Um, I don't think anybody that's going to see that on TV tonight will think anything other than that's a straight red. And the dynamics of games changes. I'm not saying what it would end up, I'm not saying what it might be, but I look at Aberdeen today. Aberdeen and Livingston played today 0-0 after 40 minutes. A man goes off, it's 5-0 at Aberdeen. Um, uh, so the dynamics of games changes and it certainly changed on that and I thought there wasn't any bodies in between it it was very straightforward there was two men in that half and nobody else and he rolls them and he's right through and goals there's no way that Jordy would there's no need for him to go down he's rolled them he's away so we're disappointed with that Thoughts? Um, as we said at the weekend it was a red card 
Um, whether or not Jordi Hewola would have gone through and scored a goal, we don't know. Whether or not it would have made a great difference to the outcome of the game, I doubt it. I think Rangers were so superior. May not have won 4-0, may have won 1-0, may have won 2-1. I would have fancied Rangers to win the game. But the basic truth is, Don Robertson has missed one. It should have been a red card for James Sands. I mean, there are. De- you think it's a mistake. There are degrees of mistake. You understand it. Is this? A, well, in fact, you gave it your howler of the weekend. You know what? What? How do you sort of analyse what Don Robertson was thinking, or, or well, how big a mistake and, and, you think well, it is? Listen, well, Blair gave Don Robertson a howler a week. Don Robertson is actually only part of an officiating team. There are two linesmen and a fourth official there, and none of them have spotted this. Now, you know, looking back at the game, Malky McKay in the touchline at the time seemed to get a perfectly good view of it. People around about seemed to get a perfectly good view of it. We'll never find out whether other members of the officiating team were advising Don Robertson to take another course of action or not. But what we do know is he sort of threw his hands in the air. That indicated to me he thought it was a 50-50. I didn't think it was a 50-50. Yeah, the, the only explanation is that Don Robertson must have felt as if they were both at it. Maybe Jordan Howell has grabbed James Sands, uh, Sands' arm and, and they both fell to the ground, but I don't think there's any doubt that it's a red card. Uh, uh, it's a really poor decision. Don Robertson's missed one and Malky uh, Mackay's uh, post, post-match comments are quite right. It's obviously affected the outcome of the game. If there's one of those... At either end at Celtic Park I'm phoning in second Monday Yes And Tuesday (laughs) We're going to have to park the show For a couple of months Count me out for the next Next month right Anyway it's that time of the evening Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Told you You're in the presence of Beat the pundit royalty On a Monday night However They are beatable As Andy Halliday did show A couple of weeks ago Let's see how he responds tonight Roger Hanna's in great form If you fancy your chances You need to call us before 7 o'clock So don't hang about 0141 951 1025 And your chance to beat the pundit is next Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday Are here at 0141-951-1025 If you're just joining us Apology accepted I'm sure you've got a good excuse For missing the first hour uh, we've been discussing obviously that 9-0 victory for Celtic What was good about it from a Celtic perspective Quite keen to look at what was bad about it from a Dundee United perspective How does this reflect on those players, on Jack Ross? Uh, now would be a good time to share your thoughts Because we're going to hear from him as soon as we finish playing this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the Pundit time Bit of a bit of tension in the studio because Andy Haldy's not used to losing but I think the last time he was on Yeah, defeat, defeat Another no. tiebreaker defeat I'm not very good at them A rare defeat oh, Not as good as the ultimate tiebreaker last week though Tell me you heard Mark Wilson's effort I'm going to talk oh, about this like every goals night or 340 goals yeah, in the Premiership did, so far this listen. season uh, Heads it will be Roger Hanna Tails it will be Andy Halliday But it will certainly be Ross in Dundee How's it going Ross? How are you? Oh Ross, a Celtic fan in Dundee You must be loving going to work this morning I've got a work night shift so I'm buzzing to go in tonight Oh you must be loving going to work tonight Have you any Dundee United fans around? There's a couple so I'm <laughs> very excited please, for that Please tell me Ross you start at 9 
no, I wish. I really wish. Happy, <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it, does no. it? Uh, right, anyway, let's toss the coin, find out who Ross will be on before the night shift. Good way to get into the night shift with oh, that beat the pundit victory. It's tails It's Andy Halliday Ooh. Against Ross Celtic fan From Dundee So let's give Andy Some Clyde too So he can't hear us Ross We'll get this clock up And ready 30 seconds Just answer as many As you can And you're more than welcome To pass and move on If you don't know it Okay Okay. Right let's go 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts Now Name the only major trophy Kenny Dalglish won As interim Celtic manager Which Portuguese team Did Rangers beat En route to the 2022 Europa League final Braga. Name either team Jim Duffy's both played for and managed um, Which Italian club does Josh Doig play for? Bologna Which Scottish Premiership team have yet to win a league game? How many current Scottish top flight clubs has Craig Brown managed? Oh nightmare, I think we lost Ross I must admit, I'm going to be honest Ross, can you hear me? Oh this is not good This has never happened On Beat the Pundit before How do we fix this Ross can you hear me Oh no Oh no 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 Let me check my Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Presenter's handbook I don't know what to do In this situation He's gone Can you hear us Roger Hanna Andy Halliday Yes I should have something Like smart and profound To say in a real Professional way of handling this you sort of lost Ross Like halfway through Oh you're joking I don't really know What like you know He might just be able To google the answers Or something This is great we might need to just get someone else on Maybe and just Roger? go from the start. I think we should get someone else on and just oh, go from the no start. Oh, that's not fair, Roger. They would definitely be listening. Mm, yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? I think. I think for the. I think for the first time ever, we're doing me versus Roger. I think we're going to have to, aren't we? This could be exciting. Oh. I don't know. Let's see if we can get Anthony and Cardonald. He's been trying to phone and stuff, so he might not have been listening. This is <laughs> this is risky. Us, Roger. This is this is the beauty of live radio. None of your recorded stuff that you can go and fix at a later date. Andy Halliday, uh, yeah. you're thinking your feet in this position. I think I, th- I think the, the listeners would love to hear me. I, know, I think we should do that at some point. Anthony, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear. You. Be honest. Did you just hear those questions? I heard the first one. Just the first question. Aye, and the second one, I kind of missed it because my room was. I actually believe that, right? Because I'll tell you why, right? Because bear in mind, we will be a little bit ahead of people at home anyway, right? Listen on, let's Any- go. And if Anthony was listening in some sort of smart device, we're probably even further ahead. I, I think we can get away with it. Nah, let's do no? it. No, <laughs> just a Michael. Come on, help me here. We just start. Oh, look at this! He's panicking. He is panicking. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's start from. I'll go from at least. There and we'll move on Right okay I'm going to give Andy Halliday some Clyde too Right okay let's go Right You ready Anthony? I'm ready yeah. Right 30 seconds on the clock And your time Starts Now How many current Scottish top flight clubs Has Craig Brown managed? Two Alex Neil is the manager Of which English Championship club now? Preston Tam Courts now manages a team In which European country? Belgium which Scottish Championship side play at the Fountain of Youth Stadium? Partick Thistle. Which team will Rangers face first in the Champions League group stages? Ajax away. And then the only major trophy Kenny Dalglish won is interim Celtic manager. Scottish Cup. <laughs> oh, let's bring back Andy Halliday. Can you hear us? I see a lot of laughing, but I can hear you now. <laughs> What's the uh, laughter of it? 
Well, because this is obviously a shambles, right? But I think I think we're going to get away with it. I think, right? You ready? <laughs> Same set of questions. Right, to right, you. Let's go. Oh my goodness, get me up the road, right? <laughs> Your time starts now. How many Premiership clubs in Scotland has Craig Brown managed? Three. Alex Neil is now the manager of which English Championship Stoke. side? Tam Courts now manages a team in which European country? Hungary. Which Scottish Championship side play at the Fountain of Youth Stadium? Pass. Which team will Rangers face first in the Champions League group stages? Napoli. Name the only major trophy Kenny Dalglish won as interim Celtic manager. Scottish Cup. Which Portuguese team did Rangers beat en route to the 2022 Europa League final? Too late, no? No. Which Portuguese team did Rangers beat en route to the 2022 Europa League final? Oh, yeah, as long as you start. Yeah, the question. I don't even know how this is going to go, Anthony. So what? Why were you laughing? What happened? What do you think, Anthony? What's the verdict? I think I was poor there. I think you were both poor. Uh, right. How many current Scottish top flight clubs has Craig Brown managed? What did you say, Anthony? Two. Yeah, it is two So Anthony goes 1-0 in front Alex Neil is now the manager of Stoke City Andy Halliday equalises Tam Courts now manages a team in Hungary Hungary I said Hungary I just guessed that one I know you did Alright uh, the, the, the fact you went to Roger there I thought you were telling me I was wrong Right 2-1 in front uh, Which Scottish Championship side play at the Fountain of Youth Stadium It is Hamilton Ackies None of you got it I'm really poor at stadiums I'm bad at this one Which team will Rangers face first Ajax Mm, yeah, I thought yeah. it was Napoli. Anthony got it equalises uh, we, 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 <laughs> we went on to which major trophy did Kenny Dalglish won as interim manager you both said Scottish Cup the reason I laughed because that's the question Anthony heard but he still got it wrong he came on oh, and said Scottish I went back to that, that one the league um, it is the League Cup and uh, Anthony did you know which Portuguese team Rangers faced Braga you said Braga as well so we're off to a tiebreaker Oh yeah Hard for me to keep up With all that nonsense Oh I said Braga he Oh did sorry say Braga mm-hmm. um, I played Cup and all When I was listening to the questions <laughs> <laughs> So he came on air And chose the other one Ah oh, this has been a shambles see if, see if you don't win this I don't know if this can be held against okay, you sorry I'm We'll good. give the sign ball away anyway uh, Right okay I'm going to read the question I'll get Andy to write his answer down oh, And then give Anthony I've got a poor record With tiebreakers Roger His attempt Question is how many Americans and Canadians are currently signed to Scottish Premiership teams combined? Andy, give me your answer. How many Americans and Canadians? What do you think, Anthony? Um, 14. Oh, I think he's. I think we could be right in between. Mm, 14. Andy's gone for. Eight. The answer's 12. Andy Haldy's lost right. yet oh, another tiebreaker. No. I must admit, I feel quite bad on this one because that was a, that was a shambles. I must admit, um, but that's what happens when you do don't it get Ross? when Ross doesn't have good phone signal. What can you do, Anthony? Well done. The same ball is on its way. Thank you. And are you a fan of racing, horse racing, Anthony? Just say yes. Yes. Because we've given you a pair of tickets uh, to the Virgin Bet Gold Cup at Air Racecourse on the seventeenth. Of September We're going to do that Every week Every night this week On Beat the Pundit Whoever plays Even if they don't win You did But even if they don't They get tickets To a race course For the Gold Cup Just for taking part And on Friday We'll even upgrade them To VIP tickets So well done Anthony And if you're going Ross Go down to the parade ring The guy with the microphone At the parade ring Is my mate Ian Ferguson Go up and say hello Because it's his last day ever Working at Air Racecourse He retires After the Gold Cup Which thing this is The GBX 
Listen, knows everyone, listen, Roger. After your performance in the last five minutes, don't pick fault with me. How can mm. that be my fault? How can any of that be my fault? I, th- I mean, I think getting another caller on hold, hold, after four questions. Hold on a minute. Is... You just lost to that caller. Yeah, who, but we don't li- we don't listen to the questions that came, go read out who, the previous who, four. Who came on? There was only one question replicated, and he got it wrong. Listen, None of those questions were read out the first those, time. Those Dundee players in the five K minutes suddenly seem very professional and astute. Oh, I'm going to get to them in the not too distant future. Don't you worry. Anyway, that was a shambles. But that's that's all good fun. Who cares? Andy Halby yeah, no, lost it. Be the pundit. Uh, let's hear from Jack Ross, Dundee United fans. Producer Callum's away home in tears, genuinely tonight. Uh, whether that's to do with the stag do he was on or, or the result yesterday, I don't quite know. But how do you feel about life as a Dundee United fan? Where do you go from here? What are you thinking about the team, the manager? Uh, what happens going forward? Here's what he had to say at full time after that 9-0 defeat. Well, I mean, I think in terms of me describing it, it's humiliating and embarrassing. I think in different ways for me, first and foremost, personally and professionally, because I think the pride you have in doing your job properly. Um, I think for players, they should feel the same way. I think for us as a club, we should never be beat by that scoreline at any level of football. So for fan-based football club, I know they'll feel the same way and that responsibility ultimately always falls upon my shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I think you have you have faith in your managerial abilities through, pe- through previous experiences um, and the challenges you've overcome in your in my football career and coaching career. It's not in my character not to think that I can do it and not to want to do it, so that will remain there. Were we physical enough and competitive enough? No, we weren't. No, we weren't. Um, you know, we conceded goals that were akin to training ground exercises against mannequins. And that, that's that's an accurate description. Um, that's not a good description to have against your team and for players individually, but that's what it was like. Ronnie's on the line. What's your point for the guys tonight, Ronnie? Uh, for Andy, how you doing, Andy? Mm. All right. How you doing, Ronnie? That's your, that's your testimonial year, mate. <laughs> My testimonial game? Your testimonial year. Oh, I've not been at Hearts that long. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say to you? Last night, I put a point across to Jack. Jack Ross was just on the phone there and um, I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago when they got beat 7 nothing. mate I'll, I'll yeah. and the next three games the next three games 3 nothing St Martin 4 nothing, four one the United 9 nothing Celtic and that's 23 goals that's over 5 goals a game mate Andy do you know how Jack Ross should walk if there's anything in him at all or should he be shoved because that's deplorable for the DHA fans. I'm not a DHA lover, but I think it's very, very bad. Yeah, obviously it's not poor reading. Uh, I've actually spent a bit of time with Jack Ross when I'd done my A licence this year, and uh, he was someone that I really enjoyed listening to. I thought his lectures were great. Um, some of his coaching practices on the field were great. And I mean, he, he has been in the job 70 days, and listen, I'm not try to defend the results at all I mean not only the results but the, the, the manner of the results the amount of goals they've conceded the performances within that have obviously been nowhere uh, good enough I think especially with the calibre of player that Dundee United have brought in in the summer uh, they're paying a lot of wages to, to some really good players but I would like to think that he'd be given a bit more time after 70 days but for me you're taking it a game, a, a game at a time now and, and going into this game against Motherwell at the weekend I think there'll be a lot of scrutiny on Jack Ross There was a time Roger were talking about managerial positions potentially becoming available on the 29th of August when the guys just taking over in the summer would be and you, you know you just wouldn't have the conversation right? You, you would not go there football has changed so that's one thing and then obviously 9-0 doesn't happen every week especially off the back of 7 and so on yeah. are we are we in that place yet? Um, I can actually I've been around a long time I can actually never remember a situation like this because 
ordinarily if Ronnie called in and made these points, I would say, he's had seven games. You know, you're lucky he knows everybody's name with the seven games that he's had. Give him time. If he was a guy seven games ago, he's the guy now. But you listen to that audio from Jack Ross. Humiliating. Embarrassing. Not competitive enough. It's like working with mannequins in the training ground when he discusses Celtic's goals. Um, a lot of that is on the players, as Andy said earlier. But a lot of that has to be in Jack Ross because he picks the team. He selects the tactics. He works with those players and prepares those players for the game. And... I can never remember a team, a top flight team losing 23 goals in four games. I can never remember a top flight team putting in a performance as poor as Dundee United did yesterday. So I do think it's too early for Jack Ross to go. But, you know, if if he doesn't turn it around in the next two or three games, I think it's Livingston, Motherwell and Hibernia in the next three. Gives him an opportunity to turn it around. If those players... Don't give Jack Ross a reaction in the next three games after what you've just heard Jack Ross saying. Then it's the old football adage: it's easier to get rid of one manager than it mm. is to get rid of twenty players. So you think, Ronnie, in this day and age, the way we, you know, do see more managerial change, you don't think there's any coming back from this? No, no, very, very poor. That's just Sam Al and Celtic. They've got Charlie McGrew. They've got what? They've got Fletcher, experienced players. I've done nothing the last couple of games. Nothing. I think what. Look, these would be bad results anyway, Andy, yeah. <laughs> quite quite clearly. But it was a rare type of managerial change in the summer. You don't always get the chance to just come into a team that actually had a good season. Yeah. You know, some managers tend to get brought in because they need to fix something. Dundee United finished fourth last season and were fine. And if anything, you would look on paper at what they added, goalkeeping issue aside, which is a big one. Yeah, and, and say, well, no, Stephen Fletcher's come in. They've got Dylan Levitt back. You know, he, will he be even better? Um, added some other bits and pieces, so you know, might even be, be even better. So, is that where the extra frustration will come from the Dundee United fans? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, listen, I think Tam Coates came under a lot of unfair criticism last year, and a lot of criticism was the fact that. No, they were solid at the back. They were hard to beat. They were compact, but going forward, they didn't score enough goals. That's They're managing why they and hungry, brought, by the way. Yeah, that's why they obviously brought in Tony Watt in, in the January transfer window. He's maybe not quite scored as many goals as they'd like, but I've watched a bit of Dundee United this year. Obviously, played against them a couple of weeks ago, and you know they certainly are a bit more of a possession side than they were last year. They try and pass it out for the back, but you know in terms of just sort of lacking that little bit of intent going forward, but the sort of compactness and lack of go. Uh, sorry, uh, amount of clean sheets and. And people find it really hard to score against them last year seems to have went out the window certainly, certainly in the first few weeks of the season One thing that will go against Jack Ross as well is when you look at the team this season on paper the team looks stronger he has added Fletcher he has added McGrath he has added a couple of Australian internationals to that squad Tam Court's got fourth playing a group of kids you know he had 16 year olds 17 year olds 18 year olds in the team you know that isn't going to help Jack Ross's Case going forward Yeah he was certainly well backed In the summer That's for sure they've, they've, they've brought in a few players I think Obviously Craig Sibyl Was another one that uh, They've obviously tried to Glenn Middleton they tried, Rangers. Yeah, they tried to go in for Alan Forrest Who thankfully yeah. obviously Chose to, to come to the Jambos So I think he has been well backed And he's brought in a lot of Quality experienced players So I think you look at the squad They've got They certainly shouldn't be Getting the results they've been getting And, and down at the foot but of the table Budget wise You've been in the top six They'll, they'll probably have A top six budget and at the minute they're languishing adrift at the bottom of the table mm, Thank you Ronnie 01419511025 B 
Beat the pundit wasn't a classic But we've got a full time teaser We'll be back bigger than ever I'm sure On the quizzing front We'll do that next And plenty of time for more calls Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hannan, Andy Halliday are here 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. You can tweet us, like we said, but we much prefer to speak to you on the phones. We've got another Dundee United fan, keen to hear his thoughts. And did you know that SPFL professional footballers called Bowie at breakfast this morning to try and take part in the 5k minute? Well, I'll play it back to you because it went... Probably how you expect it to go So we'll find out how that is uh, On this full-time teaser Which is fulltime at Clyde1.com Your old pal Crazy Pony sent this question in uh, Can you name seven players Due to play in the group stages Of the Champions League this year Who've scored for three different clubs In the Champions League But it must include an English team as well So there are seven players Due to play in the 2022-23 Champions League group stages They've scored in the Champions League for three different clubs Including An English club Can you name them? Doesn't include qualifying rounds And all that stuff That's a That's quite tough no? I mean run. Obviously They're going to be serious players yeah. To have done that yeah. So in, in that respect Not quite Tough once you see some of the names Mo Salah Yeah Show me your thinking hey, Chelsea Roma and Liverpool uh, Well Basel Ball, Roma yes, and Liverpool Yeah yeah nice. Suarez Quite from Madrid in there mm, No actually no Apparently not And they're in this year's competition Yeah they're set to play in it this year yeah. Yeah. Marata No Oh wow Toiling then <laughs> What was I saying What about uh, Lukaku Yes Man United Inter Milan and Chelsea Alright we'll leave it there We're looking for Seven players Due to play in the group stages This year Who've scored in the Champions League For three different clubs And one of them must be An English club It's full time At Clyde1.com If you would like to send a question in And hear it used On the show Craig's a Dundee United fan How do you feel tonight Craig? Try and describe it to us Without swearing Well To be perfectly honest I'm, um, I'm not even Going down that road Of getting angry Or frustrated about it the point I'm trying to make is I'll be listening to the callers for the start and all it seems to be about is the Celtic Rangers game on Saturday and um, the goal difference matters and people should have taken their uh, Celtic should have took their foot off the pedal and all that it's just totally and utterly disrespectful to any professional football team as I rather was 20 nil yesterday and had the same argument or debate about how bad and how poor we were not the fact that a club has to stop playing football to try and give us a chance that's just absolutely taking the absolute mickey out of Scottish football as a whole. What you guys don't get is this: that result yesterday affects the rest of Scottish football because Celtic will do that to other teams and eventually Rangers will do the same. Your club simply isn't good enough. We've got guys like Charlie McGrew who was not playing yesterday. He doesn't play against Celtic. We've got Tony Watt. doesn't play against Celtic. We've signed them on contracts. We've actually got players that don't actually want to play against Celtic because they're Celtic-minded. Do you know that for a fact, Craig? That seems like quite an assumption. I, w- I would imagine Charlie McGrew and Tony Watt would have been quite keen to play in a live television game yesterday. Absolute nonsense, because the Charlie McGrew and Tony Watt have never kicked the ball against Celtic since they've signed. I've been to the games. I've watched them play. Most fans will say agree with 
any ex-Celtic, especially Celtic fan, uh, Celtic player, has came to your club, has never tried a leg against Celtic. Seriously, you, you, that, that, that's, that's what's on your mind tonight, Craig. When your team got beat 9-0 yesterday, let's talk about the manager being binned after, what is it, 70 days? Th- that's what's at the forefront of your mind. Some theory that Tony Watt and Charlie Mulgrew don't like to play against Celtic. No, well, that's just an example of where it went wrong and where it has went wrong. The people, uh, players are down tools. We're signing players that, like, uh, uh, let's put it this way, Tony Watt came to Motherwell and he scored 15 goals. We signed him, he scored one goal. We've signed Charlie Mulgrew, he's eventually going to be a coach. He looked apart at the start and now he does he kick, a, he kick a ball against Celtic. We don't want players like that in our team. We want players that are committed to, to playing for Dundee United. It's hard to understand that. But a professional club um, will always struggle against Celtic Rangers and probably even Aberdeen now. Did they, not uh, bo- did they not both feature in the one-all draw between the sides at the end of last season? Exactly, that's my point. With Charlie Mulgrew. Charlie Mulgrew and Tony Watt went under a different manager. Oh, so it's only under the new manager they don't like to play against Celtic? No, no, it's not the fact they don't like to play under the, the, the new manager. I went to Fleetwood and they were a disgrace. The two of them were a disgrace. Didn't even try. Right? And if they named about half a dozen players, people played hundreds of pounds down at Blackpool and then on to Fleetwood to go and watch that nonsense. A couple of thousand went down for that. And it was utter nonsense. I know it's a friendly. You can't judge it. But I can. Because I've watched Dundee United over the years and I've seen friendlies and the season's kicked off exactly the same way as the friendly set finished. Done it against Kilmarnock. Absolute poor. Then they went to Livingston. Absolute poor. Can I just pick out two players in particular? You know but, things are bad when we're criticising pre-season friendlies. Yeah. Well, listen, I think a lot of the frustration for Dundee United fans would be the lack of sort of desire and commitment showed for the 11 players that were actually on the pitch. So I think it is harsh to sort of dig out Tony Watt and Charlie McGrew who, who sat on the bench and obviously weren't a part of the defeat of course they've been part of some poor results over the last few weeks but I think it's more of a collective than you know, people not wanting to play against Celtic um, wh- Where does the main problem lie Craig? Is is it recruitment? Because if it's recruitment then it can't all be left at Jack Ross's door because the vast majority of the players were signed before Jack Ross I mean you're now looking at a situation if Jack Ross loses his job that's a manager out after seven games the previous three managers have only lasted a season each. No good is going to come of rotating a manager at that pace at any football club. No, I, 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 I never said I wanted Jack my uh, Jack Ross sacked. No, I know that. I know that. I no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Where, where, as a fan, you see them every week. Where, where does the problem lie? What would you change at the club? Would you change the manager? Would you change players? Would you change the recruitment staff? What, what would you look to change? Asker, Tony Asker. That's your answer. He's the one that picks the team. No Jack Ross. Jack Ross is just a puppet like the other managers were. Sam Court left because he wanted the mere control. Sam Court had his at least solid, but rubbish to watch. But they're rubbish for eight years. AZ was the hope. The five minutes of fame they got. Couldn't get a ticket for Amsterdam. All the hype. All the rest of it. Never went. Can, can you prove any of these theories, by the way? Or have you got any, any like, real basis for them? For what? For well, what, the Celtic eh? thing, the fact that Jack Ross is a puppet and someone else picks the team, all that stuff. Any sort of inf- information behind that? So, um, Jack Ross is a manager. He's a coach. So there you go. There's an answer there. All right. Okay. That clears it up. I mean, it seems like a manager to me. He's been manager 
quite a few clubs now. Uh, but I, for me, I've been a bit harsh there, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Inisco Brido, 1419511025. It'll be a fascinating few days for Dundee United. Um, Levy away. Now, Levy will be smarting after losing five at Petaudry at the weekend. As we said in the show on Saturday, that doesn't really happen to Livingston very often. So, David Martindale and our friend Marvin will have them primed and ready to go on Wednesday in that League Cup game. They won't be feeling any sympathy for Dundee United's plight. They will want to add to Dundee United's plight. It's then to Fur Park for your motherwell team on Saturday. And they too will be smarting, having blown a lead and lost a game they should have won at Kilmarnock on Saturday. So it won't get any easier for Dundee United. And you just wonder, you know, there was talk last week or the week before, these Dundee United players have had a, have had a meeting without the manager and they've thrashed some things out. There's no evidence of that so far. And I think it is probably time for a few of them to take a bit more professional pride in their work. Oh, one four one nine five one one zero two five. Some interesting stuff getting thrown around on here tonight. You can tweet us as well, but pick up the phone. Let us know what is on your mind. Speaking of people that maybe shouldn't have picked up the phone, what about this? You're you a fan of the five k minute in the morning. With I do. I do. Yeah, I try and listen to it whenever I can. It's like beat the pundit if you like, uh, but with sort of general knowledge. Now there can be football questions thrown in in this morning. I was delighted to see this Dundee trio Jordan McGee Lee Ashcroft And Paul McGowan Presumably on their way to training Had decided that They would phone in They would try and get 10 out of 10 And win the £5,000 uh, It didn't quite go to plan I mean it would be embarrassing If they got a football <laughs> question wrong Wouldn't it? 5k minute Who are the contestants today Cass? We've got Lee Ashcroft From Uddingston <laughs> And he's with Paul He's with Jordan They're all footballers From Dundee <laughs> Yeah, can we just say Dundee and not Dundee United? Oh, what a bad weekend. Wasn't it a good weekend for Dundee United? Oh. All right, guys, good luck. Your time starts now. What is the boiling point of water at sea level? Bad. Matt Lucas and Noel Fielding hold what, host which Channel 4 TV show? Bad. Dead Man's Chest was the second film in which franchise? On a stand-up Monopoly board, what colour is Leicester Square? Blue. What Glasgow and the West football team currently top the SPFL League 2? In transport, what does HGV stand for? Sorry, say that again? In transport, what does HGV stand for? High good vehicle. Who released the song Toxic in 2004? British Beers. What's the name of the small ceremonial mallet used by judges? Uh, oh, Vincent Van Gogh cut off a part of his ear on which side of his head? Uh, left. Rigatoni, Farfell, and Garganelli are Pass all touched. What is the boiling pot water at sea level? Oh, it's, hundred, it's 100 degrees. That's more passes than Dundee have put together in the last three seasons, <laughs> well, Roger. Certainly more than the manager at Somerset Park on Friday night. Incredible. <laughs> Honestly. So, three Scottish footballers who don't know that Airdrie aren't even in League 2. Well, but they were quick to tell you that Britney Spears oh, no, was the least toxic in 2004. Yeah, that was the alarming part of that for me, actually. Yeah, Incredible. Right. I, I, I could get a couple of them. Roger would have been a the lot better. The boiling point of water. 100, 100. Come on. Seriously. But there was a couple that I, that I struggled with. Good to see that they were good sports So they donated their money to Cash for Kids At the end of it all, Roger Hanna Excellent, well done to them Stick to football, but again that didn't quite go to plan On Friday night either So I'd... Yeah, the United flying though Going well Yep, flying Yep Dippo Akinyemi, he's the man 
I've seen the man I <laughs> new favourite Oh yes They the new Arbroath Well we discussed this In the programme on Saturday I would like to think so And it, it, it's a championship This season And the Dundee players Probably won't be listening After their shame this morning But it, it's probably a championship Without star quality This season So why can't An unexpected team Soar through the ranks uh, right, so one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's bring in Stephen, who's an heir, funnily enough, but he's a Celtic fan. Stephen, what is your what's your take on yesterday? How highly do you rate that performance? How you doing? Um, I that's what I was saying to your producer. Um, I've been a Celtic fan for over thirty years, so I've seen the Martin O'Neill team, the Rogers team, all different Neil Lennon, all the trophies. It's one that I've never seen football played the way Postecoglou is bringing it to Celtic. It's the best football I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, that answers that question. Do you got? I mean, Roger, uh, you know, fans like these sort of outlandish, uh, you know, statements, and I know we always maybe feel that you need to put a label on things. That's why I don't think it's really worthwhile to talk about. Is this the best Celtic team? Because that doesn't allow for how strong the rest of the league is. That can change. That can fluctuate. Um, all that sort of stuff. But in terms of the eye-catching bit. Has Stephen got a point? I mean, you've seen a lot of football. I mean, I'm, I'm always very reticent to compare teams to the other. You know, you get back to the 88 double winning team with McAvaney and Walker, etc., and Paul McStay. And you, you I fast only forward. been watching for 30 years. No, just you, a couple you, of years you, out on that. You fast forward to that Martin O'Neill team mm. who went all the way to Seville and, you know, won whatever they all won with Larson yeah. I mean, and Sutton and Hartson, etc. A bit too young to sort of remember every detail of. I remember, that was obviously a very good team. But did they. Did they play the same swashbuckling style the way that this team does? different style of football. Three big centre-halves. Three? Uh, I can remember about six in that team. <laughs> Lennon and Lambert at the base of the midfield. and Everything going forward came from you know the wide areas. And then that front three of, of Larson, Sutton, Hearts and Stan Petrov bombing forward from midfield. A completely different style, a completely different team. And that's why it's you know very difficult to compare. Brendan Rodgers' Invincibles, not a bad side either of a more... Modern vintage, if you want, you know, Stephen will remember them, but certainly you, you couldn't quarrel with anything Celtic are producing just now. The manager was purring about it after the game yesterday. Not, as we said earlier on, not even so much the nine, more the quality of the goals, um, the way the team played to set up virtually tap ins for a few of the goals. Yeah, Stephen's certainly seen a lot more of Celtic than I have, but they're obviously playing a an exciting brand of football. A brand of football that we've probably never really seen in Scotland in terms of the rotations that they do, the inverted fullbacks. It's something that I've only ever seen sort of Pep Guardiola as Man City do. But I mean, I mean, of course, they're, they're playing some fantastic football. The only real question mark is is how will they cope in Europe? Will they still continue that brand of football, which was a big question mark going into last year? But you look at their group. You know, Real Madrid obviously being Real Madrid uh, holders of the Champions League, but Shakhtar and obviously RB Leipzig. So it's going to be exciting to see how they do in Europe. Um, Stephen, how does this set you up? It's obviously a big week. How do you feel it sets Celtic up going forward? Well, this is, I know you like caller, right, to get the debate going, coming out with statements that you think is quite funny and that, but Celtic, to me, if Celtic beat Rangers at the weekend, right, and the Rangers have then got Ajax away, then they've got Aberdeen away, and they've got Andy's Hearts in the first uh, October. Who I thought played well against Celtic, to be honest. I actually thought Andy had a good game as well, to be fair. Um, so that guy earlier on was been a bit disrespectful, going on as if because of the changes he didn't do anything. Um, Celtic were 1-0 up until the sending half, and Hearts came into the second half. 
I also watched Hearts in Europe. I thought they played well until the sending half as well. But what I'm saying is, I think Aberdeen or Hearts will draw with Rangers, and Rangers will be seven points behind come 1st of October. And I kind of see Celtic slipping up a lot. I think you'll be lucky if Celtic will lose one game this season. So I'm getting out there and saying that already. So, so the, the, what you, it's a long way. The league's pretty much over, Stephen. Is that what you're telling us? See, I told you he's love it and folk come on and say that. <laughs> love, love, love is an interesting uh, way of putting it, I must admit. Uh, Roger? Well, I think Celtic took 10 from the first 21 points last season and still won the league by five points. So what happens in the first five or six games... Of course it's important But it's not definitive by any stretch of the imagination And I say that, you know, Celtic could go five points clear Playing very well Might well be five points clear by mid-afternoon on Saturday And is that, it seven by the first of that, October? That, 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 won't the... Be, that won't be the league over Because you never know how the season's going to pan out Particularly, I think both teams now have six Champions League group games Squeezed into nine midweeks um, Of the other three midweeks They'll have a lot of players away in international duty all around the world for a couple of those weeks there's a League Cup quarterfinal to be thrown in a lot of the players will go to the World Cup Gordon this is a season like no other in terms of the physical and mental demands that will be placed on the players of the two clubs and way way too early to see a league's done Stephen phone us back in the 1st of October and we'll reassess does that sound good? Absolutely Good man I look forward to it thank you that was Stephen in air how are you getting on with this teaser you two seven players who are due to play in the Champions League group stages this season they've scored for three different clubs in the competition one of which is an English team so Mo Salah Liverpool, Roma, Basel uh, you also gave me Lukaku Man United, Chelsea, Inter Ibrahimovic yeah he's done it for loads Man United being the English team then Milan, Inter, Barca, Juve, Ajax hey, Alexis Sanchez in Barca, Arsenal, Inter Yes, we'll get the rest of the answers next Number one for football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard On the home straight then for Andy Halliday And Roger Hanna, still time for you to speak to them uh, And time for them hopefully To come up with the answers to this teaser uh, as well Can you name seven players Due to play in the Champions League group stages Who've scored For three different clubs In the competition And that must include An English team Guys like Ibrahimovic Mo Salah Alexis Sanchez Romelu Lukaku Eden Zeko Show me your working Man City Roma And Inter Milan And Wolfsburg actually Yes well done Eden Hazard Say that again Eden Hazard Eden Hazard mm, Apparently not oh, Interestingly no. enough Chelsea mm. Real And Leo, I don't know. Do no, not not in this one. Uh, anyway. Di Maria. Uh, again, apparently not. No. Mm. no. What about Thiago of Liverpool? Nope. I'll go for one more. Memphis Depay. No, I'm afraid not. I'll try one more as well. What about Kevin De Bruyne? No. no. Running into some mm. difficult ones now. Uh, Full time at Clyde1.com. Uh, by the way, let me also run this past you as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Team of the Week with Clyde Built Home Improvements. A team of the Week, brand new to Clyde One Super Scoreboard this season. Every Monday, one of the pundits picks their team and you can slaughter it at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Now, it was Gordon DL's turn, of all people, this week. After Mark Wilson's disaster last week, it was Gordon DL's turn. 
I don't think it's too bad There are a few questionable ones in there Go to at Clyde SSB on Twitter Check it out And tell him how much nonsense he's talking in the comments It's all thanks to Clyde Built Home Improvements And they're giving you the chance to win a current or retro football kit of your choice At Clyde1.com Can't, Nothing's as bad as Mark Wilson's last week So um, hopefully onwards and upwards as they say uh, Right, let's bring in Ian Who's a St Mirren fan in Barhead Hi Ian Hi there How's it going? Good evening guys yeah, going fine. Good. Yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Just trying to make a, a point about referees. Mm. I know that they usually get, come in for quite a bit of stick, mm-hmm. but on Saturday I thought the referee Graham Granger is the first I've heard of him, and I was reading that I think it was his first game in the, the Premiership, and I thought he was excellent. A couple of comments were that he'd let things go rather than giving fouls and booking players, and I thought from the but the first minute when I saw one players. Used his body, as they say, to nudge the Hibs player out of, out of play, and he just told the Hibs player to get up, and he did that right throughout the game. Every time two players came together, sometimes one would go down. He just told them to get up and go on with it, and it just reminded me of Graham Souness a few weeks ago when he was watching England the Chelsea game, saying that he was watching this game. It was just a good old-fashioned man's game, guys having a good go at each other, and the referee just let him go on with it. Yeah, those comments did spark quite a bit of backlash for, for, for what it's worth. So let's not go down that road at ten to eight on a, a Monday night because we've run out of time. But I, very, I mean, very refreshing. I was going to say Monday night. Yeah. Monday nights were for slaughtering referees on this show, Roger Hanna. <laughs> so how nice is it? Because Ian, and in particular, he says a, a new name to him in the refereeing circles. And but um, there, there just wants a few, to him. He, he got a mention nicely in our newspaper this morning. I think it was my colleague Derek McGregor covered the game and he mentioned them. Mentioned how well he had done, and this was his Premiership debut after forty odd games in the lower leagues. I saw a good one. Mentioned him in the show a couple of weeks ago as well. A new, young ref called Chris Graham, who did that Aberdeen Motherwell game that I saw the other week. And then there was one who did. Oh, Fraser Wishart was talking mm, about it's mm, McMath- McDermott. Uh, uh, McDermott was the surname. Yeah, is it Matthew? Is it Matthew? No. Matthew McDermott, and then David Dickinson. I think that's the four new refs. No, David Dickinson's been about before. Oh, yeah, has he? I've seen him. Yeah. Oh, he, he's a real deal. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he has. He has been on. He's been on the 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 roster so, oh, that, that right? before. But that, there might be there might be um, seeds of hope for the refereeing for you know, these new superstars. Yep. Some youth potential coming through with the new batch of referees. Who was I mean, John beaten yesterday? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Any word on who's got the big appointment for Saturday? If you don't know then I, I, I yeah. certainly won't you're, you're generally across these things No? Has that not been announced yet? No I haven't heard Is that usually a, it's usually a Tuesday number I think Tomorrow mm-hmm. night but Set I, your watch 6 o'clock Be here What I will say is I do like Ian's assessment How a, a game should be refereed Because I think everyone wants to see you know Certain fills get, get let go Let the game play And, and not too whistle happy But even if that was the case, we'd still have people on a Monday complaining about that. And it? it's much easier, Ian, when your team are absolutely flying, I'm sure you'll admit. That's right, yeah. It'd be <laughs> interesting if I heard what a Hibs supporter thought of the game yeah. because it's just a case that every time a player falls down, it isn't always a foul. And too often, I think referees do that. If two players come together, one of them falls down, they tend to give a foul. But on Saturday, he just told them to get up and go on with it. And I thought it was really, really good. How happy are you with what you're seeing from your team? Well, we seem to have been selling into a kind of rhythm just now. We've got a system that seems to work. Uh, we're playing St. Johnson on Saturday, and that's not normally a game that you'd have kind of nothing each one, nothing kind of thing. But I've got a funny feeling the way we're playing. We could maybe go through there and score a goal or two. We certainly look dangerous now. 
Uh, Curtis Main just seems to be playing out his skin. And uh, the bigger young guy as well looks a big handful. And then we've got two other good strikers sitting on the bench and Brophy and Greaves. So, uh, ah, it's looking quite promising. But what, a, what a difference a couple of weeks can make, though, Roger, because no one was talking about it being promising just a few weeks ago. And again, I don't know, maybe this feeds into the other discussions you're having about when it's time to change managers and all that stuff. I'm not saying St Mirren, I know they didn't have a nine and a seven, but you get the point, no, it doesn't take long for things they, to change something. They lost at Arbroath and they lost, lost at home to Arbroath and they lost at Airdrie. So they, you know, for Ian and the other St Mirren fans, those were bad enough results. You know, they, out of the League Cup before a ball's kicked they lost to Motherwell in the first weekend of the season despite playing reasonably well and it did look a bit gloomy for Stephen Robinson and, and the team at the time but he sort of reshaped this thing he's gone to a back three minus the captain Joe Shaughnessy and it's always a gamble by a manager to leave the club captain out of the team the two Australian lads have come in brought a bit more dynamism but Bacchus performed well and took his goal really well at the weekend and in a young guy in Maine, sometimes this happens, you throw two together and, and it works because he could easily have gone with Grieve and Brophy. He didn't. He went a younger in Maine and Curtis Maine, having had an op in the summer, looks back to his best again. Ian, I love it. I love the I love the feeling you're giving off, the positivity, praising referees. It'll never catch on, but I'm glad you did it anyway. Thanks for taking the time. Right, okay. Good Thanks. man. That was Ian and Barhead. Uh, on 01419511025 uh, It's a big week coming up Transfer window mm-hmm. Starting to move so, It always slams shut doesn't it It never closes gently no. In your tabloid speak Roger no. Hanna So does it You know it's starting to creak a little bit You expecting much? Up um, here? You never know I could say no And then there's loads You know there's Robbie Nielsen Throughout Hearts talking about He signed a German today And no I won't try and pronounce him <laughs> Um, he's talking about one or two more Depending on the severity of the injuries That were picked up yesterday And I think every manager in the land Will probably have a little mm. eye On doing something Did not end up in the back three yesterday Such yeah. were Harps injury No offence but I mean Yeah three, three um, positions in the 90 minutes again and Enjoyable Early suggestions might be That Liam Boyce You know if that's a serious one How big a blow is that Does that mean you're going to be getting Some new teammates in the next few days Yeah it'd be a huge blow uh, I think if you look at our squad just now In terms of Squad depth, I think striker is probably the one that we're, we're lacking the most. It's only really Shanks and and obviously Liam Boyce. So I think we were all expecting as 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 a group of players that maybe we would dip into the transfer market from now to the window shuts with maybe one or two more. Obviously, depending on the severity mm-hmm. of of uh, a couple of injuries we we sustained at the weekend, it might actually be more than that. So I, I'd imagine. The Hearts will probably be the busiest team uh, from now to the end of the, the window. Oh, sounds like a man in the know, Hearts fans. Uh, Roger, will Celtic and Rangers do much? Will Alfredo Morelos leave? Will anyone come in? And this now doesn't really matter because he's a free agent, so the transfer window doesn't necessarily come into play as such. But Ross Barkley, you see, has been let go by Chelsea. You see the internet rumour mill is going. Um, I know in his last club that was reported he was £92,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he would, if he was coming to Glasgow, he would need to take something of a hit. Is that not like when Andy went from Rangers to Hearts, though? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Um, but listen, all joking aside, I, I think if a player's released in a day like this, it probably lessens the chances of, of him going instantly because he's now not, you know, confined by the restrictions of the transfer window. He could sign for a club in September or October, and you know, there's, there's no rush it, for him to pick up. Not, a club. Is it not a sign that he's going to do change, do something soon? Otherwise, why yeah, bother? Maybe, maybe. And they, again, it's it's an internet rumor stage at the moment. I think. I feel like a few weeks ago it was mostly. 
through a Celtic lens Now it yeah. seems to be mostly through a Rangers lens Anything in that do you it's think? It's not as exciting as the Cristiano Ronaldo rumours You must have heard that one Well yeah that's that would, that would <laughs> Oh no no We can't afford to <laughs> He's him, not Liam really. Boyce is he? No definitely not Yeah obviously it's, I mean it's an exciting rumour uh, There's been a lot of Sort of high profile players That Rangers and Celtic have signed over the years Some successful some not But I think if you look at Ross Bartley He's still at a good age So uh, I don't know how much is truth is in the rumours But it's certainly exciting uh, Andy Halliday was just saying Before we came on He doesn't think Cristiano Ronaldo's as good looking As Liam Boyce either So that, that would be a bit of a, a sticking point for him um, I think that's pretty much us I think we should Round off this teaser We're looking for Seven players Due to play in the group stages this season Who've scored in the Champions League For three different clubs at least And it must include an English team Like Ibrahimovic Like Salah like Zeko, like Lukaku, and like Sanchez. Mkhitaryan? Yes, wonderful shout. Shakhtar, Dortmund, and Man United. I think my last one's a, it'd be a great shout if it's true. Ivan Perisic? Oh, no. What about Obama Young? Nope. I'll give you this guy, we need to do the clubs. The easier of the two Bayern, Man City. Schalke Boateng? Nope Leroy Sani oh. oh yeah And the last yeah. one Really tough Really tough I'd have loved it if you'd got this Dinamo Zagreb Real Madrid Chelsea Kovacic Kovacic oh, different class. Uh, Well done Roger Nandy Thank you to everyone who listened and called That was a very very busy Phone in I could see the lights Constantly flashing on the screen So we are back tomorrow If you couldn't get through And I'm sure there will be Even more new talking points tomorrow With Gordon DL uh, And it's not Mark Wilson Is he still at his medieval night In Tenerife uh, Or whatever it is But anyway Join us tomorrow At 6 o'clock uh, And in the meantime uh, Is Callum Gallagher up next Since we're getting our schedules All out in the open Callum Gallagher's up next He will look after you And we'll speak to you at 6 tomorrow <laughs>